2: Adiola Depo here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on Talksport Two, myself and the great Gareth a. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy
3: from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport Two.
4: If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you, Fight Night Extra, with myself, Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sport. There's no Addy this week, so I've moved into the hot seat, and I'm delighted to say, alongside me today is the former middleweight champion of the world, Mr. Darren Barker. Over the course of the next hour, we'll be recapping another busy weekend in the ring, as Anthony Yard gained revenge over Lyndon Arthur with a massive knockout win in the copper box. We'll hear from Yard and his promoter Frank Warren on what's next for the light heavyweight. We'll be looking ahead to another big fight for Conor Ben this weekend. He takes on Chris Algeri in Liverpool and says he wants to fight the winner of Amir Khan and, and Calbrook next. We'll be looking ahead also to one of the most talked about events in the world, which is off. Yes. It's the YouTube fight against the Fury. Tommy Fury has pulled out of his boxing match with YouTuber Jake Paul. And we'll hear from both men. Don't go anywhere. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2.
2: His moment, full respect. Great win, great victory. You handled your business. I handled my business last week. And uh, let's get to uh, to the business side of things. And now we can talk. I'm honored to, to be a WBC champion. He's honored to be a WBC champion. And you know what, we'll settle the difference. All I can say, ladies, let's make it happen. Uh, the fans want to see it. He wants to make it happen. I want to make it happen. It should be a very easy fight to make happen. I
5: literally got my bag and went straight to the hospital, straight for an MRI scan. And I got the results back the same day. And the results uncovered that I had a clean break in my rib and I had multiple fractures. And even now, sitting here filming this video, it hasn't really sank in that I'm not fighting. All my focus is on right now is getting a new fight date set. Oh,
3: wonderful. Of travel and it's been Sensational, oh, Connor So the one and only
4: Mr. Darren Barker is on the line with me today, alongside me, Darren. First of all, how are you doing? You're a busy chap at the moment.
6: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm good, mate. I'm. Do you know what? I'm just recovering from a bout of food poisoning. I uh, I ordered a uh, sweet and sour prawn soup from the tyre, the local tyre, and I've been in bed for two days. So I'm down to my fighting weight now, Gareth. <laughs> but I, I, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, uh, I'm counting my blessings and pinching myself every day,
4: mate. Well, lovely. Well, the world of boxing is on a tear at the moment, isn't it? At the weekend, Anthony Yard reversed his points loss to Lyndon Arthur, 364 days after they did it down in Westminster behind closed doors where he put in a sluggish performance and people were questioning, is his trainer wrong, Tundia Jay? Has he lost his mojo? Does he have it at world level? And he put on a barnstormer mm-hmm. against Lyndon Arthur. Relentless four rounds of showing what he is. An amazing, destructive finisher, Darren.
6: Yeah, absolutely. He just, uh, he come out, he done exactly what was needed. He needed to start fast. He didn't want to leave it late. Um, and to be fair, Lyndon Arpoo just wasn't at the races. He was just too laid back, relaxed and was on the back foot trying to pour out the jab, but just, just wasn't enough. And, you know, I just don't want to take anything away from Anthony Yard. He was just fired up. He was positive. Um, and he just truly believed that, he was the better out of the two. And he was just desperate to to show everyone that he was the, the better out the out of the two of them. And yeah, it was a tremendous performance and one that's really caught the attention of uh, look, I wouldn't even just say the the boxing fans, I'd say sports fans in general. You know, they'd heard of the name Anti Yar, but now they're they now they really know who this guy is. He's a special talent, he's in a in a a very good domestic uh division. There's some other good fights there that we'd love to see. I mean, imagine Joshua Boazzi versus Anthony Yard. What a fight. That was the one that was talked about from day dot. And it's still a fight that we'd all love to see. So, yeah, a real, real statement from Anthony Yard.
4: Well, we'll get into the news and pick the bones and get into all the details in the next section about Anthony Yard. What, What next for Lyndon Arthur and what next for Yard in 2022, according to Frank Warren and Yard himself. But also across the pond, Darren, last weekend... Devin Haney beats Jojo Diaz and tees up an undisputed fight live on air. Talking with George Cambosos Jr., obviously fresh off his victory over TFO Vimo Lopez, his shock victory against the thirteen to one favorite. That we look, we will think, will take place in Australia. Um, where does he fit in this mix now? Devin Haney, brilliant performance at the weekend.
6: Yeah, look, for me, Devin Haney, uh, Look, I, I thought it was um, printing money going Devin Haney points. Uh, Diaz, very tough, very strong, very durable, but just not as good as Haney. Uh, doesn't quite have the hand speed that that Devin carries. A very good body puncher, but still, I just felt Devin Haney had this one on points, and he proved me right. And look, now, I think it just makes sense to make the Combosis fight. Both men want it. It should be easy to make. Uh, I think Devin's uh, he sort of rightly pointed out he's never fought in Australia and happy to go there uh, to, the, to the Lions Then, if you like, in front of 80,000 people. It would be tremendous. And uh, I know Eddie Hearn and, and Matram want to invest in Australian boxing. And what a better time than you go over there with the, with the main man defending his titles uh, for, for all the straps against arguably, arguably one of the best out there in Devon Haney in front of 80,000 people. It just, it just makes sense to me, Gareth.
4: Yeah, well, the thing is, I, I, I had reservations about Devon Haney after his last couple of performances, wondering if he, we were just talking him up too much. We know that he's got this brilliant kind of history behind him where he went to Mexico uh, with his father and boxed men because uh, he couldn't get his license, became a, one of the youngest promoters in the world. He put all the building blocks in the right place. And I think on Saturday night against Diaz, like you say, maybe Diaz the perfect foil for him in lots of ways, but Ben Davison in the corner, tweaking things for him as well, that looks really promising to me. Him and Cambosos is a fantastic fight, because I had Teofimo Lopez as a massive favourite if Devin Haney was ever to meet him. But I think Cambosos is, has proven to be a very clever fighter. Albeit against uh, a Fimo Lopez, who didn't take him proper, uh, didn't take him seriously enough, didn't take the challenge serious enough, and got bad advice in the corner.
6: Yeah, uh, the, the the bad advice was was so evident, wasn't it? And even at the end of the fight, they thought they'd done enough to win, and that that cl- clearly wasn't the case. Cambosis boxed really, really well. He was smart, uh, very intelligent. He, he earned the respect of Lopez from the first round, a beautiful overhand, right? And it just sort of, it, it made uh, Lopez reluctant to sort of trade with Cambosis. He was very uh, uh, sort of unsure whether to, to jump in and, and let his shots go, which we see him do so well against uh, Lomachenko. He just was in control of the pace, Cambosis, and uh, he was jabbing. He was moving really well. But do you know what? I... I I have to favour Haney if Cambosis and him get together. I think it would be a similar fight where it would be Haney on the back foot against Cambosis, picking the shots, being smart. Um, I don't think the output would be that high. I think the volume from Haney would probably be quite low. Two's maximum free shots move back in, back out. And I think Cambosis would get frustrated with uh, the, the movement and the hand speed of Haney. But you never know. You never know. I, I strongly favoured Lopez, I must say, against hmm. Cambosis. I just felt, you know, that victory over Lopez... Uh, sorry, Lomachenko and how he'd looked before tremendous hand speed and power. I just felt he'd have Cambosis' number. But Cambosis showed us that he can stick to a game plan, can remain disciplined, uh, and he got the win. So you never know in this sport, Gareth.
4: Exactly. Styles make fights, adjustments win. win exactly. Is the knockdown in the first round changed the pattern of the fight, and he never really recovered, in, in all honesty. Mm. And Bosos had his number, and, and it happens, like you say. Um. Also, last weekend, Javonta Davis retained his WBA lightweight title after a unanimous decision over Isaac Cruz. Maybe not the most impressive performance from him either. A lot of people giving Cruz a lot of praise, a new star born. How does Javonta Davis fit in that lightweight mix right now for you?
6: Well, he's certainly in that mix. He needs those big fights, Gareth. I think he struggles to get up for, for you know the fights that aren't that appetising to to the fans and to the public and and first and foremost him he just that doesn't he just didn't rise to the occasion really did he he's, he's got one eye probably one and a half eyes on those big fights and I can understand that his name's been mentioned all the time and rightly so because he's a he's a tremendous fighter he really is he's got everything he's got hand speed he's got movement he's got power in both of those hands he's I don't know you could say perhaps a little small, but just a, an absolute beast, an absolute beast. So look, he just wants to fight. So how about we do, you know, um, Davis versus the winner out of Haney. Absolutely. I, I, honestly,
4: there's there's an argument. I, I hear what you say about it, and There's an argument that he could end up dominating that lightweight. Yeah. Uh, look, shills, you know, a, absolutely,
6: shills. Gareth. Like, I would not be surprised if he was to reign supreme in that lightweight division and, and just be the governor for years to come. I think... Uh, the only thing stopping him is probably himself. I think it's well documented. Yeah, himself. <laughs> what goes on outside of the gym yeah. and outside of the ring. Uh, it'd be such a shame because, as far as talent is concerned, there isn't many better.
4: Completely agree. Darren, hold your horses for a moment. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on Talk Sport 2 in partnership with zone Your boxing, your way. Zone game changed. Still to come, we'll be hearing from Connor Ben of his. Ahead of his fight with Chris Algieri this weekend. And we'll get the thoughts of Jake Paul, who has spoken to Talk Sport after Tommy Fury pulled out of their fight on December the 18th in Miami. Up next, we'll recap Saturday night at the Copper Box and a big win for Anthony Yard.
2: So here we go, Anthony Yard making his way to the ring for this rematch.
4: Listening to Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2 with myself, Gareth and Amos, Darren Barker, former World Middleweight Champion, alongside me. Let's have a listen to Anthony Yard and Frank Warren speaking to me after the fight at the Copper Box and after his victory on Saturday night.
2: It's been a long 364 days. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long year. Um, it was a long year before that, but um, yeah, we're here. We're
4: here. We were saying that not necessarily so gamble, but we saw a completely different Anthony Yard tonight to 364 days ago. Clear in your mind, you knew what your objective was, and the assault at the end in the fourth round was extraordinary.
2: I said this, um, I, genuinely don't, I, don't, I genuinely don't think people know what I went through. <laughs> it's just that I believe in, when you get given opportunity, some, most times you need to be there to take it. Because where I grew up and how I grew up, sometimes people don't get opportunities. I know a lot of people that didn't make it to the 18th birthday, so when I get given the opportunity to actually go in the ring and, and entertain, it do not matter what I've been through. I've got my beautiful niece here, it was her birthday yesterday, happy birthday baby, my beautiful niece, and um, like family, that's what makes me happy, and again, I've got my family here, my sisters there, my baby niece, who's so evolved. <laughs> um, yeah man, it's, it's, this year needed to happen. We've got Tony Cise over there. Man. I, met you I know
4: Tony has always been around. And do you know what? Tony has changed so many lives. I've known Tony for 25 years. Yes. The people whose lives you've changed in London, all over the country, in fact, is extraordinary. Um, you're very emotional right now. I can feel it. Um, you gave some amazing interviews in the build-up to this. You truly showed your maturity as a man, as a human being. And I think you started a new path in your boxing career tonight. Is that fair
2: to say, Anthony? I think it's fair to say. I just, I just want to thank God because it's only God that can give, give me the strength to do what I did today um, and to even still perform at a professional level after 2020. So I just thank God. I thank God so much.
4: With your eyes, glassy. Looking around, there's lots of people behind me who love you very much. We're gonna let you go. Let's see you fight for that world title. Sometime maybe in four or five months time. you will speak to Frank Warren now. Congratulations, sir, on a great victory.
2: Thank
3: you, thank you. That young boy there, Fra- yes. an unbelievable. Frank, Frank, uh,
4: Frank um, we spoke to you just now. We've just heard Anthony speak again. I sp- we're gonna speak to you again. Um, he's an extraordinary character, isn't he? And, and there's he so, m- and, and he's genuinely emotional right now.
3: He is, and I think with Anthony, what you what you get, what you see is what you get. You know, he's a true warrior, and he did have a lot of problems. I mean, like everybody had problems during COVID, but he lost uh, two members of his family in quick succession, and a few other problems, which I know we're going on. But look, it's the mark of the man to, to do what he did tonight against against a, another really good quality fighter, the guy ranked number one in the world. He he went in there and he done a job on him
4: well, Darren, um, it was a fantastic performance, as you said, at the top of the show. Uh, he was ebullient. He was aggressive. He does what he did, what he does best, which is finishes people. He nearly finished Sergei Kovalev in that world title fight. Inexperience cost him that night. He really propelled himself back into world title contention. Joe Smith Jr. defends the WBO title in America to the heavy punching Lincolnshire man, Callum Johnson, on January the 15th. Who would you see the winner of that? And how do you see Yard going against either of those guys?
6: Oh, that's a good question. I think it's very hard to rule Callum out because of the power that he, he carries in both hands. So he's always in there with a shout. Smith is a very, very good fighter, becoming one of the most seasoned fighters out there at the minute uh, and really, really believes in himself. So that one, you know, I guess you'd probably favour Smith in that, but I'm not ruling Callum out at all. And look, why not uh, the winner? Jump in with yard or yard rather, jump in with the winner. Um, because he did look very well against a I rate Lyndon Arthur, I must say. He, he looks, he didn't look himself. Look, he's a very laid back character, Lyndon Arthur, and you could see that in the contest, very lax of Just you know, just didn't look that switched on. But one thing's for sure, anti yard did, and he got the job done. Uh, so there's some big fights out there for him. Not look, the light, heavyweight division is. A cracker across unreal. the pond, unreal, unreal. unreal. and yeah, and yeah. and this country. So, we've got uh, he's got options. I mean, it's a great division to be to, to be a part of. Look, I'm gonna, uh, uh, as far as trainers are concerned, I know Tunde got a bit of stick, and um, he, he, I think Tunde at to a level is a good coach. I just, my worry is, I think, for Anthony Yard is when he gets in a fight with like a a Joe Smith Junior, or whatever, someone you know, a very good fighter, or, or
4: Dimitri Bivol, or, or, or something. Where he's going and through issues, yeah, yeah,
6: exactly. Yeah. And after six rounds, it, it's nip and tuck, and he may mm. have been dropped or something, and he needs some sound advice in the corner. I do question. The corner, and I, the only reason I say that is because I don't know what goes on in the gym, but I can only go by what I've seen at ring, uh, you know, uh, sorry, on the TV and what you hear in the corner. And there's just too much cheerleading going on, and you need someone to say, Hey, look at me, this is what you need to be doing. Um, so there is that worry, that issue. Um, but one thing's for sure, it's working, Frankie Yard, to this level right now. He's responding to Tunde. So, good luck to the pair of them. It's great to see him sort of, you know, that story of someone coming back from a terrible, terrible situation, losing family members, et cetera, and, and, you know, shining through and for him to be able to dedicate his victories to them. Similar to myself. uh, Absolutely.
4: um, I was going to say, you know exactly what happened. You drew on your brother, the loss of your mm -hmm. brother in your world title fight. We know what happened. You got up off the canvas to win that fight it was extraordinary i mean it's something i'll never forget in the years of yeah. cover boxing it is a very very i'm feeling tingles now the emotion of it for you again honestly that it's it was an extraordinary night because superpowers super forces the 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 supernatural does help sometimes in boxing
6: yeah well it's just that that driving force you know you um something it boxing's hard enough as it is and you know the situation like what i went through and what uh Anthony Yard went through can either make you or break you. And mm. though though I you know I would give everything up to have my brother back, mm. uh and as would Anthony Yard, but it's a way of channeling that and helping it help you in the ring. And, and that's what I've done and that's what Anthony Yard done. So I was so pleased for him in that sense that you know he was able to dedicate that victory and prove all the doubters wrong. And like I say, he's part of a great uh, division, domestically and worldwide. So good luck to, to Anthony Yard moving forward.
4: I think he showed a lot of maturity over the last year when yeah. he gathered himself. I Genuinely, he was very glassy-eyed when I was interviewing him there. Um, I'm, mm. I'm really glad they have put James Cook in the team in the corner. Oh, the what a man. Yeah, exactly. A man who's transformed hundreds, if not thousands of lives in East London with the work he does. I spoke to James during lockdown. He was still running the kids around the park because he was worried yeah. about them, you know?
6: Gareth, um, I've just got to jump off the back of that. I've got uh, two people there, James Cook and Tony Cesar, who you mentioned are two, D-Z. Unsung D-Z. Hero, two unsung heroes of the sport. And people forget about these sort of people. James Cook has helped so many people, as has Tony Cesar. I spit, yeah. sparred many rounds with Tony in the Repton years and years ago when I was an amateur. And two two top men and Antti Yard can't go wrong having those people surrounding him.
4: Absolutely right. When I turned around from that interview with Anthony Yard, there was Tony Cizé. We hadn't embraced. I've known him 25 mm. years. Mm. He has transformed. He's dedicated his life to people that are in trouble. It's a, I've got tingles today over this because yeah. our sport is transformative. It's going to be transformative for Anthony Yard. You mentioned Joshua Blatsey was there on Saturday night. Dan Aziz was there, new star of the, heavy, of the light heavyweight division, having beaten Hosea Burton to win the British title. Craig Richards, Callum Smith, it's an extraordinary division we've got here, as well as those world champions over there. We are set for two years of amazing fights, in my view, at £175. What for Lyndon Arthur now, finally, on this bit?
6: Well, I, I think there will be a, an element of rebuilding. Um, and I just, look, you need to get back on winning Wade. It all depends how much desire he has left, obviously. I'm, I'm sure there is plenty. He's got a good team around him. Uh, Pat obviously in his corner there they'll be you know lending as much advice as possible but it's about that him just taking a bit of time out he's been beaten by a very good fighter so no no shame there just about rebuilding and getting back uh, to winning ways I think and that with, with the quality that he possesses he he can come back no doubt
4: yeah and they, and they got the game plan right in the first fight a year ago and they got uh, maybe was trying to take him to the later rounds wait for the lactic acid to build up in Anthony. You know, because he does tire in fights, he will yeah. come back. There's no question about it. I've got to say, before we go to the break, there was a very controversial fight as the precursor to the Yard Arthur fight between the rising young star at uh, super welterweight, light middleweight, Hamza Shiraz, all six foot three of him. His arms come down to his knees. He's a really long figure, six foot three, reminiscent of Tommy Hearns, of course, mm-hmm. at welterweight with his long, long arms and his power shiraz known for his power and unfortunately he got outboxed by bradley skeeter rolled back the years at the age of 34 using the angle style you know arguably five to three or six two in rounds going into the eighth round and then skeet starts to tire gets him down and hits him with three punches when he's down steve gray not in there very quickly it was an instant DQ for me. Three punches clearly landed when he was down. One of them glancing. It was a very odd decision. Skeet being told by the Ingle corner by Dominic to stay down, which he should have done, and it would have been declared a DQ. But proud man that he is, Darren, he got up and he was stopped in the ninth round. Very odd night. The board investigating it. How did you see it?
6: Yes, yeah, a disqualification, no doubt. Uh, I was speaking to off air and just saying, look, I can understand it. When you 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 throw one when someone's down that rush of blood, you're in a fight, it's just the nature of the business. You can't help it. But to throw three unanswered shots when you when you're on one knee is is not good. And I think in those situations, someone like that needs to be made an example of and you need to be disqualified. I don't think it's a case of Bradley Ski having to stay down. It should be look, that's the sport is dangerous enough as it yeah. is. It should be a disqualification, no doubt. Uh, referee Steve, Steve Gray would put in a situation. It was a tough one, from I have to admit. But um, you know, I think looking forward, if that happens again, it There there has to be a gathering with the referees. Look, if that happens again, we disqualify the fight because Bradley could have got really hurt there. And that obviously swayed what happened with the rest of the fight. He was hurt and he never recovered. He was boxing really well. Um, Shiraz, a bit one-paced, if I'm honest. I think he can do a little bit more. But, yeah, going back to the original question, it was a a disqualification, no doubt.
4: And I think the, the, the board, if they see sense, will rule it as a no contest and ask for them to do a rematch. Shiraz will have learned a lot from that contest and I do think Bradley Skeet deserves another opportunity mm. but unfortunately for him that was one of the fights of his career and he was going on to win that fight yeah. in my view yes he was fatiguing a little mm. bit but I completely agree with you example needs to be made you're listening to Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2 in partnership with DAZN your boxing your way DAZN game changed next we're going to turn our attention to this weekend as Connor Ben And Katie Taylor take to the ring in Liverpool.
7: Go to Bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at Bluenile.com for $50 off. Bluenile.com code LISTEN.
0: Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans.
4: You're listening to Fight Night Extra on Talksport Two with myself, Gareth A. Davis, and former middleweight world champion Darren Barker, who is alongside me. Time now to look at the big fights this weekend as Conor Ben takes on Chris Algieri and Katie Taylor takes on Ferruza, Sharapova. Let's look ahead to these fights and more in partnership with the Zone.
2: Big Fight Preview on Talksport 2 with you Your boxing your way. Download the DAZN app or visit DAZN.com.
4: So, Darren, another veteran test, maybe similar to Adrian Granados last time out for Conor Ben. This young, vibrant, exciting fighter who's already box office, to be honest. Chris Algieri, yes, past his prime. Great fight he had against Amir Khan way back. Fought uh, with Manny Pacquiao. Put up a tremendous fight that night. I was there at the event. He was completely outboxed. Uh, lost virtually every round. But he's a very tough guy. A very sage guy. Knows his way around the ring. Mm. Another good test for Ben. Can Ben finish him? Does he need to make a statement?
6: So it's a, it's a really intriguing fight. I think the comparisons between both men would be the first leaf for, for Conor Ben. Granados and Algieri do approach fights pretty similar. They, they like to, to circle the ring and box and frustrate their opponents. Uh, and I think on, on the flip side with Chris Algieri, uh, the comparison for him would be when he won the title against Provodnikov, uh, where he showed so much heart and courage. He got dropped in the first round uh, twice, suffered a terrible eye injury, but but carried on the fight. Lot Frustrated Provodnikov, moved an awful lot. Uh, there was a lot of head scratching with the scorecards. I weren't sure if he should have got it, shouldn't have got it. But, uh, you know, it was ball v matador stuff. And I think, though it was, I think, seven years ago, that's what Chris Algeri would look at. He'll look at Conor Ben as a similar uh, sort of opponent as Provodnikov, strong, aggressive, uh, big puncher with both hands. Um, it's about Algeria. I, I guess, how, how can he nullify Conor Ben? How can he stop? Conor Ben coming forward as much as he does, he's going to have to try and circle back to the center of the ring, uh, and then Conor Ben, he's got to learn from the Granados fight. You can't be, you can't be following opponents around the ring. You need to cut the ring off. You need to use that footwork uh, and be sharp on your feet. Close that gap and try and pin Algeria onto the ropes into the corners, and then let the big shots go. Um, it's a good, good contest and another good gauge to see where Conor Ben's uh, at at the minute.
4: Well, Conor Ben says he'll be ready to take on the best welterweights in the world if he gets through Chris Algieri this weekend. Of course, it was a frustrating evening last time out against Granadas, but he Mm. told James Svundra we'll see a different version of him this time round.
8: Having COVID, um, it was hard getting through the training camp. Obviously, I had a long training camp before that, and then the um, delay of me isolating for two weeks and then... Had to train with COVID, it was, it was hard. It was hard about six fires before the fight. Um, but, you know, I said to my trainer, i beat him on my worst stand, and this is exactly what i done. And, um, you know, I hit him hard early. doors for left hook, right hand, left hook. And it shook him to his boots. And, you know, he decided to run. So that's, that was his tactic. He was saying in the whole lead up to the fight, um, I've got to knock the golden boy of England out to win. Well, yeah, you did. You you didn't even try. So it was, uh, it was very frustrating. But listen, you just, you deal with
5: what comes on the night. Two really convincing victories this year, both in, in different styles and you did it in different ways. When you look at the Chris Algieri fight, do you see that as being a potential step up?
8: Most definitely. Of course, he's, he's a former world champion. He's a great fighter. He brings a lot to the table. And represent some sort of struggles in there, but, you know, nothing I can't overcome and nothing I don't have the tools to deal with.
5: When I spoke to Eddie Hearn when this fight was made, he described it as a 50-50 contest. What do you make of that? Uh,
8: that's, that's what he that's what he feels. Um, you know, so if that's what he feels, then that's what he feels. He's, he's one of the best promoters in the game, so if he says it's 50-50 fight, it leaves us a 50-50 fight. And... Um, each fight, every fight for me is a 50-50 fight moving forward. You know, Sebastian Formella um, was uh, supposed to be a hard fight. Samuel Vargas supposed to be a hard fight. Adrian Granada supposed to be a hard fight. Juicy Cuebla, three-time European challenger, supposed to be a hard fight. But they weren't. So we'll soon find out. Uh, that's it. and I think that's the, it's why there's so much fuel and excitement in my career.
5: As you said, you're well ranked. I think it's five with the WBC. When you look at two of the the champions at the moment, in Errol Spence and, and Terence Crawford, yes, it's a a difficult comparison to make. But but how far behind those guys do you think you are?
8: Get through our jury first, and I can and I
5: can answer that question um,
8: with you know more direction. But I'd have to let me get through our jury first, and then I can say to you, yeah, I um, could be ready. I could say yeah, I'm ready whenever whenever they want to put me in with them. Or, oh, you know, I maybe I need one more fight. You know, we're always always growing, man. It's always stuff to learn from each fight they put in the ring with me. Each fight they put in the ring with me to test the waters. You know, I've blown them out of the water.
4: He's got incredible self-belief, hasn't he, Darren? But, you know, you mentioned there Errol Spence um, and Terence Crawford in the mix. There's your Dennis Ugas as, as well, of course, that victory over Manny Pacquiao. But there's also Virgil Ortiz, Mikey Garcia, David Avenissian, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia. It's an incredible division. Um, I just wonder his his projection, his elevation has come so quickly. He's such a star. The problem for him is he can't go backwards. And they're all big learning fights now. And there's a stage when he leaves the Algeris and the Granados behind and he gets the proper acid test. You said it perfectly just now. It's about knowing, yes, he's a relentless, a rugged fighter with great vim and vigour, but it's like he's not a pure knockout merchant and he needs to get guys in the right position to unload those combinations that he likes to go. And again, as we spoke about with Anthony Yard, when he's in with those guys I mentioned, not even the world champions, that group of other six fighters, and it's neck and neck after seven, eight rounds, what he does for those last four rounds it's that step now, isn't it? It's that step for because mm. he's still a very young fighter.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Look, Conor Ben is still a work in progress. He doesn't yeah. have the the amateur pedigree like myself, and loads of other successful fighters have had, and that that holds you in good stead. So Connor is learning in the ring on on the night and in the gym. So we've got to be patient with Connor, even still at this, this day. You know, he's he's he is a work in progress. And though they're striving for perfection, we do kind of have to understand how quickly, you know, exactly what you said, how quickly he's got to where he's at. Uh, I remember speaking to his trainer, Tony Sims, who used to be my old coach, obviously. And I said, you know, Mm -hmm. how far do you think this was before the Vargas fight? Sorry. After the Vargas fight, I said, how far do you think uh, Connor is off off from having these big fights? He said, look, to be honest, Sammy Vargas was the fight where we were going to find that out. And, you know, he was caught cold, and we stopped him early, so we didn't learn too much from that yeah. fight. So we're still a little bit unsure. And then they went into the Granados fight, where it didn't go his way. And I think, uh, as far as performance is concerned, it didn't go the way I, I guess they wanted to. And look, a lot of that's down to Granados moving an awful lot and not engaging. It's very difficult to to look spectacular when you've got someone like that in front of you. But they got the you know the the ten rounds and there was still questions. So I think Chris Algieri is a brilliant fight, but he will have to improve from the Granada's fight to beat Chris Algieri, who though he's 37, he's very smart. He's an intelligent man in and outside of the ring. He knows how to fight. He knows how to frustrate opponents. He knows how to land shots and, uh, and get, uh, and score shots and get into the judges eyes uh, and minds. He's, he's intelligent. So, It's a brilliant fight for us to see, again, where Conor Ben is.
4: Well, we'll see if this young stud, uh, with the DNA of his father, Nigel, of course, brilliant relationship they always have whenever we see them together, against 37-year-old Algeria. My instinct, Darren, is that he will have learned from the Granados fight Mm. and he'll be much more patient this time. And I expect him to get a, a late finish, if not a wide points decision. Elsewhere, of course... Katie Taylor takes on Feruza Sharapova. Um, Katie, one of the most extraordinary female boxers of all times. I'd like to do her voice now like that, you know, but I won't. But I have, so it's too late. But she's an amazing, amazing person and woman, uh, totally dedicated to the sport, a pathfinder, a lightning rod. The reason why we love women's boxing uh, so much, and we have done now for the last five or six years, she's brought it with the likes of Clarissa Shield, Sav Marshall, Chantel Cameron, Lauren Price, uh, of course, and others. Do you expect anything other than a win for the un- Unified Undisputed Lightweight Champion, Daz?
6: Look, I expect Katie Taylor to win, but I've done my prep on the show and Shara Pova can fight. She's very, very good. She's, um, you know, she's like the flag bearer of Kazakh boxing. She's... Um, She's a star over there. She can, she's she got an amateur pedigree. She's very good. She's busy. She looks for a lovely right hand over the top, followed by a left screw shot. She she moves her head. She moves her feet. Um, I think one thing we've seen with with fighters fighting Katie Taylor, you need to be able to match her for work rate, and it's very difficult to do so because she's relentless. But we see but with Persoon. Tash Jonas
4: did it. Tash Jonas it
6: Tash and Persoon both and Persoon, did
4: it.
8: And yeah.
6: They were very close fights, the three of them. Um, The three contests, yeah, the two of the person and Mama Jonas, they were very close fights. So it's so important for Sharapova to match Katie Taylor for for work rate. And from what I've seen in the past, she does. So uh, though I do fancy a Katie Taylor victory, it's going to be a cracker. It really, really is.
4: I really hope so because uh, when she is in a fight, she is relentless. That was a look ahead to this weekend's big fights, thanks to the zone. Your boxing, your way game changed next up we'll be hearing from jake paul who has been speaking to talk sport after tommy fury withdrew from their fight on december the 18th
5: so guys i'm sure you've all seen and heard the news as to why i'm not fighting on december the 18th now all my focus is on right now is getting a new fight date set um, and recovery. That's all I can do right now. I can't do anything else apart from get my body right as quickly as possible and look for a new fight date with Jake
1: Paul. For me, the door is uh, the door is closing. He's not reliable. You know, he didn't show up to the first press conference. He's faking these injuries or whatever they are, and it's upsetting. You know, so if he's doing that now, then what's stopping him from doing it next year?
4: You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2 with myself, Gareth A. the former world middleweight champion, dazzling Darren Barker. He's not dazzling right now. He's scratching his face, thinking rather like a Greek philosopher. And I want to get his views on this section because it's an odd one in a way. It's Jake Paul, the YouTuber, against Tommy Fury. It was till Fury got multiple crack ribs and a bacterial infection. We heard him coughing all the way through that press conference the other day, where John Fury went apoplectic, of course, at Jake Paul, who was winding him up. Let's have a listen to Jake Paul, who spoke to Talk Sport to James Savundra earlier this week and says this is going to be a missed opportunity for Tommy Fury.
1: Hey, man, I was upset. You know, a lot of stuff had been said. And I wanted to knock him out. I, w- I wanted to make him bleed and eat the canvas. You know, that's the most satisfying part is when your opponent has a lot to say, and you just knock them out and embarrass them in front of the whole world. The kid's scared. The kid cracked under pressure. The whole fight buildup got to him. And now he fumbled the biggest opportunity of his life, fumbled the biggest payday of his life. And he's going to have to return all the Christmas presents that he got Molly. Because now he has no way of paying for them. I'm getting better and better and better with each camp. I'm learning more about myself. I'm learning more about my body. I'm learning more, way more about boxing. I sparred, you know, almost 200 rounds since uh, since the fight with Tyron. And we've been putting in the work. I have what it takes to become a world champion. So we'll see. You know, I'm sparring world champions and going toe to toe with them every single day in the gym. So there's no reason that if I set my mind to it that I can't accomplish it.
5: And what happens with Tommy Fury now? Are you willing to give him a shot next year? Or as far as you're concerned, is the door now closed on that? Man, for me, for me the
1: door is, uh, the door is closing. He's not reliable. You know, he didn't show up to the first press conference. He's faking these injuries or whatever they are. And it's upsetting, you know? So if he's doing that now... Then what's stopping them from doing it next year? Uh, for me, uh, in a cynical way, I sort of just want to leave him in the dust and never give him this opportunity again.
4: Darren, is this kid believable? They've obviously got huge cojones for what they're doing. You cannot take that away from them. But you, I, I see you as, I'm going to call you a purist because I don't know if you are or not. But, um, and I don't know your view on this. Is the kid believable? Do we get, have to give him some credit for wanting to fight? And do you think he will fight Tommy Fury next year? Because it's a massive fight still, isn't it? Mm.
6: Look, first first off, I'll say, look, I, I credit uh, Jake Paul for how he's thrown himself into the hardest sport in the world and and he's dedicated himself to the trade uh, and has shown improvements. Uh, I, look, I think he's aggravated a lot of people in boxing because a lot of... of boxing folk have seen him and seen the attention he's getting and think well how can this guy all of a sudden turn up and get this all of this attention and generate all of this money Well, you've got to understand that since the day of dawn or since the beginning of boxing you become a drawing boxing not just through the success that you have but through the people that you get walking through the door the people that you get tuning in and watching somebody compete he does that in abundance from wherever he got his uh audience from he's jet, he's pulled them into the sport of boxing people want us to see jake paul fight so therefore he's a big draw um i think he uh you know he winds a few of the, the boxing folk up again with saying that he's going to become a world champion he won't in my opinion he's not he's not good enough to become a world champion let's get that that right I mean he's not fought a, a boxer yet um but he has shown improvements. I think Tommy Fury had an absolute nightmare, Gareth. He's had a nightmare because he let's get it right, he genuinely is injured. Like, there's no way he'd pull out of this fight. For yeah. me, he would have beaten Jake Paul. He's though he's not been in boxing his whole life, he's been around boxing his whole life with the you know the Furies and everyone. It's been part of his genetics, it's part of his DNA. So for him to pull out, he must be in a bad way. Cracked ribs, you know, infections, etc. I genuinely believe those are true. But it's, it's so good for Jake Paul now because he's just going to say, Tommy Fury, you bottled it. I'm never going to fight you again. And he's forever going to say that Tommy Fury bottled it. And Tommy Fury's going to have to deal with that because I, I don't think that Jake Paul will ever fight him again. I don't because it doesn't matter what, who Jake Paul fights, he's going to make millions.
4: Absolutely. Well, Fury's dad, John, has been front and centre of the feud between Fury and Paul. And he spoke with TalkSport earlier and says they hope for a date in the new year, but are happy to move on from Paul as well.
3: He's coping with it, you know what I'm saying? But like I say, bacterial chest infections, they linger for frigging weeks, you know, and um, the broken ribs, somebody in the gym caused that. I don't know how it happened, but listen, there's some stupid people about this world. We can't help that. But uh, if Jake Paul wants to reschedule for early spring, no problem, we're up for it. And if he doesn't, he can keep himself as well. I'm not interested in him. We ain't bothered about any fighter on the planet. It's a business, this, to us. And I know the casuals, they get involved with it and they lose red over it. This is strictly business, all of it. You know, can Tommy beat Jake Paul? Of course he can. You know, but it's unfortunate. You know, I know people are going to say we've had that to say, we've had this to say, but you can't stop fate and accidents happening, can you? You can't even breathe the fresh air for you're getting poisoned. The air you breathe is poisoning everybody on the planet daily. You know, so you can expect all this in these times. You can expect it. We're not going to be negative about it. He's got the broke ribs. He's got the bacterial chest infection. We'll get it out of the way. Move on. If he wants to fight in March, not a problem if he doesn't, we'll find somebody else.
4: I really do think, though, this fight will materialise again in 2022. Look, Tyson Fury will always be in Tommy Fury's corner. Tyson Fury is now one of the biggest sports stars in the world, and his, his reach is growing and growing. It's all about numbers. It's about social media. It's about how much money can be made. And you know what? If Jake Paul runs through Tyron Woodley again, which I expect him to do, because he was a great UFC welterweight champion, Darren. Don't expect you to know much about that. You're a purist boxing guy. Tyron Woodley was a wrestler, not a boxer. It was a terrible fight first time around. They're both making the shapes. And I expect Paul to knock him out this time. I really do. I think we'll get a massive fight between them in 2022 and it's great for all of them. And I think it'll be the end game for Jake Paul in boxing.
6: Yeah. Look, I, look, I, I hope the fight does happen. I was going to, uh, after the Chisora Parker fight, I was going to stay up and watch it. You know, it's got me, it's got my attention. I was going to stay up and watch the fight, you know? Um, so I hope it does happen. There was so much bad blood and, and, uh, uh, so much self-belief in both that it, you know, no doubt it would have made for a good contest but look we'll see what happens the the Jake Paul I won't call it a circus but the Jake Paul journey continues we'll see uh, how he gets on next time out uh, and see if there is more improvements which we hear from him and people around him that he's improving all the time but look let's get it right as soon as he steps up to a level, I'm sure he'll get beat. You know, uh, similar to, you need someone to approach the fight like uh, Mayweather did with Conor McGregor, hands up, walk him down, bide your time, and and just stick it on him. And uh, it, until he gets in there with someone who knows how to do that, he'll keep he'll keep winning, no doubt. But when he gets in there with someone that can, this uh, it'll be be the end of this this. Uh, what do we call it? I can't call it, so because it seems a bit harsh. This this chapter in the crazy book of boxing.
4: Absolutely. Look, I'm gonna get two final things for you. Very quick answers before you go because I don't have I haven't had the opportunity to ask you about these things. Amir Khan, Kelbrook, yes, it's five years past its sell by date. Are you still intrigued and will you stay up for that one?
6: Yeah, I'll stay up for it, no doubt. Uh luckily it's in England so I want not stay up for long. <laughs> Even though I go to bed about nine o'clock. That's these what days. I mean.
4: That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it, it's bit, a weird bit. car crash fight though, isn't it? It's like it is it's, look
6: it, it's minimum five years too late, but it's a fight that I'm still intrigued about and I'll still watch it. Um, I fancy, I just feel timing beats speed and I think Kel will, will land a shot, but I'd, anything can happen, but so I will watch it. both go
4: down twice, have a yeah, bomb yeah. over 12 rounds. It could be a controversial split decision. They could have a second one. It's the way boxing works, isn't it?
8: Do you know? Absolutely, I mean? you know? absolutely, mate.
4: And this one, final one, If you were advising Anthony Joshua, would you step aside and let Fury and Usyk contest the undisputed title if you're guaranteed to fight the winner, who will probably be Tyson Fury? What would you do?
6: Really good question, Gareth. And, And if I'm honest, I'll step aside. I'll take the money, step aside, because another loss to Usyk is so damaging. It really is. It's it's a real damaging blow and I think it could destroy that fight from ever happening. Whereas Fury, I think, has a really good chance of beating Usyk. Uh, He beats him. That fight is still a big draw. AJ can go and have a fight in between, you know, destroy someone in three rounds. I think the wise thing to do is, though I know AJ wants to have a big, this big revenger and, and cause the upset but I think the right thing to do is sit on your gloves and, and take the money and then look for this big fight early next year sometime
4: it's a mammoth negotiation we expect this to be done in the next couple of weeks certainly because Fury wants to go into camp AJ wants to know what's happening Yusik wants to know what's happening these are the biggest fights in the world I think you're spot on it's a proper boxing decision there, and it's for his own benefit in the yeah. long term Darren thanks so much it's been Fight Night Extra on Sport. a huge thanks my partner today
2: darren
4: dazzling barker thank you very
2: much it's a pleasure it's been brilliant having you on that's it for this week thank you so much for downloading our fight night extra remember we're back every single tuesday for more great content and if you miss us make sure you subscribe to fight night to catch up on all our other episodes hi i'm daniel founder of
4: pretty litter